0: Chad and Jay Mansbridge here, lead pastors
1: of Bayside Church International, based here on the south coast of South
2: Australia. Our great passion as a church is to help people to know Jesus and to demonstrate His love, truth and life in everything that we do. We hope
1: you
0: enjoyed today's message.
2: Good morning. Good morning. Oh, that's nice. That's better. Hey, Annie Liz. Um, <coughs> so last week, as Jake said, we introduced a, a series for Term 1, a pulpit series, a preaching series called Come Let Us. I explained the inspiration for that and how God um, spoke to us about that last week. So I won't repeat that today. But uh, essentially what we're doing is we're looking at scriptures that use this phrase, come, let us. And last week, and the uh, direct inspiration for this was a few months ago when I was reading Nehemiah and I came across this passage in Nehemiah chapter 2, where Nehemiah is speaking to a group of people Um, when Jerusalem, God's city, was not in good nick, okay, and it says in verse 17 of Nehemiah 2, then I said to them, you see the trouble that we are in, how Jerusalem, God's city basically, lies in ruins with its gates burned, come let us, come let us, and in this context he says, come let us build the wall of Jerusalem, that we may no longer suffer derision, and last week I launched from that verse, come let us build, and encouraged us as a church as I put my lead pastor hat on uh, with some prophetic words that God has spoken for our church family 17 years ago, almost 18 years ago, about the kind of house that God was wanting us to build with him here, the kind of church that God had called us to be. If you were not here last week and you called Bayside your home, uh, it is highly recommended you get that recording from last week. And so Nehemiah says to the people, come, let us build. And then he says, I told them at the hand of my God that had been upon me for good, and also the words the king had spoken to me. And then they in response said, let us rise up and build. Come, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for their good work. This week, we're moving on from come, let us build. And I want to talk today, or rather discuss today, the issue of come, let us build worship come let us worship i'm going to read psalm 95 and uh we're going to launch launch from there psalm 95 come let us come on just say come let us us. all right here we go come let us sing for joy to the lord let us shout aloud All right, thank you. Come, let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord, and in the Hebrew, in the language it's written in, the Lord uh, there says Yahweh, for Yahweh. Now there's this <clears throat> Bible interpreting tradition um, that began uh, with the Hebrew people, or the Jewish people, uh, a few hundred years BC, and what that? Oh, thanks, mate. <coughs> and what they do when the Scriptures use the word Yahweh? Um, a tradition developed over time where they got a little bit scared of misusing God's name because one of the big ten, one of the big commandments in the Ten Commandments is do not misuse God's name. Now, the general misunderstanding of that is if you're representing God's name, don't live in such a way that misrepresents him. You're demeaning God's name, okay? If you're a man's bridge, you <coughs> have that great privilege, and uh, you conduct yourself in a certain way that makes people think poorly of you, they will inadvertently also think poorly of the man's bridge family because you carry that <coughs> name, okay? So in the same way, if you are carrying the name of Christ, or in this Hebrew context, carrying the name of Yahweh, the greatest of all the gods, and you live in a way that uh, doesn't represent him well, then you are misusing his name, the name that you bear. Okay. But over the years, the, and this is what religion tends to do, it tends to get a bit freaked out about upsetting a god who's going to judge you and curse you at any moment. Okay, So what they thought is, look, we need to be really careful with God's name and not even say it aloud not even write it out in fact we're just going to abbreviate it and not even write it and so this tradition sort of happened developed in the Jewish community so at the time the bible was put into greek it did not uh, the name yahweh was translated into a greek word you know it's like taking chad's name and calling him not even chados i mean just inventing a whole another name uh to translate because you don't use his actual name and so i think it's unfortunate my personal opinion and i've got the mic right now so it's my turn to give my personal opinion um, that our translators have done the same in English. They've just carried on that religious tradition and, in a sense, taken out God's name and they've put it as Lord, so, which is fine, it's kind of accurate, but it's not God's name, okay? His name is Yahweh. So when you, have, you read your Bible and it's got Lord in capital letters like that, the word there in the original is Yahweh. It is his name, all right? So all that was to say that and kind of give you a grid for the song that we just sung, uh, using God's name like that, okay? So verse three, for Yahweh is the great God. He is the great king above all other gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The mountain peaks also belong to him. The sea is his, that he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us, say it again, come on. We've all got the mic today, that's right. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel. Before Yahweh, our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture. We are the flock under His care. So today, if you hear His voice, don't harden your hearts as you did at Meribah, as you did that day at Massah in the wilderness, where your ancestors tested me and tried me, though they had seen what I did. In fact, for 40 years, I was angry with that generation. I said, they are a people whose hearts go astray. They've not known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. Psalms do many different things, and there are 150 of them in our Bible. And this one is basically split into two halves, where the first is a psalm of praise, pretty common type of genre of psalm. And the next half is a psalm of history. It recounts or recalls the history of God's people. And some of you would think that as we read, do not let your hearts be hardened. Did that sound familiar to you, Christians? In the book of Hebrews, it's quoted a number of times, I think three times in the book of Hebrews. The point is this. Come, let us worship. Come, let us worship together. Why don't we start with you? Because you're right on my left. Ellie... Uh, leads our worship team with, with Matt. Carol's been part of our worship team for many years, one of our almost original Bayside members, almost 17 years. Dan and uh, Luke are here for, to be the thorns between the, the, the roses. Um, no, not quite. Uh, they play the handsome instruments uh, that you just can't do without. But Ellie, why don't we start with you, darling? What Talk to us about this psalm. What do you notice here in this Come, Let Us psalm?
0: I had to read this psalm a number of times. And I know that, um, you know, when you say what what speaks to you, what pops out, you need to read it a few times to really see if it's the same thing that keeps popping out. And for me, it was verse number seven.
2: (laughs) Taken, taken.
0: (laughs) That's why I got him first. Not
2: how we practice it.
0: (laughs) Fantastic. But my version... Oh, Psalm
2: 95?
0: Oh. (laughs) I'm reading from... Passion Translation, and in my version it says, for we are the lovers he cares for, and he is the God we worship. So drop everything and listen to his voice. As if that's not going to grab you. (laughs) Drop everything. And for me, that was perfect this week because I was distracted. And when somebody says, drop everything... You go, well, oh, I can't, I'm busy. No, but God is saying drop everything. So, yeah, drop everything. So for me, that was perfect. And I thought, okay, this is great. Drop everything and listen to my voice. Well, that is, for me, what worship is. You come from the chaos of life. You come from the, your own thoughts, your own feelings, the busyness of kids, grandkids, health issues, Whatever you're dealing with at the time and worship says, drop everything and just be, just listen, just allow God to speak. So, and I've spoken to the worship team a few times um, just about, about what I, how I think we function as a team and, and for what, what worship means for me and, and, for, and for what I want to give and allow when, when we step up here on the stage and, and lead you guys, um, you know, in the heavenly realms and taking you to the places of God. Um, and for me, it's a reset button. It's stop, it's reset, it's recalibrate, it's get that balance back. Um, We were all born perfectly innocent and perfect and we were born different, we were individual, we were all made for a different reason, with different talents, with different um, divine purposes and... um, places to be things to do Um, and so for me I find that every time I drop everything it presses the reset button and I think that that's important I just think that in this day and age we all need to press the reset button every day every hour every minute as soon as we get distracted again drop everything um, and there's a song I've been listening to lately and, and it just grabbed me in, in, in the literal sense. What does it mean to drop everything and to just listen? Um, and this, this, I don't know if you would know it, it's fairly new, it's called Communion, it's by Maverick City Church. And the verse, is, the verse goes like this. This is a garden. Here in the place I find you close. This is Communion. Here in this place, I am fully known. It's so simple. You are so easy to love. There is no space between us. You are so easy to trust. You're closer than my skin. You're the air I'm breathing in. Here is where dead things come back to life. I feel my heart beating again. and It feels so good to know that you are my friend. For me, that's worship.
2: Beautiful. I was just, yeah, come on. This psalm doesn't specifically say lift your hands in worship, but I imagine that might be just an immediate application of drop everything, eh? It's like, why lift your hands in worship? Oh, because I'm Pentecostal and that's the type of church we go to? No. (laughs) We lift our hands in worship because the scripture says, and maybe one of the reasons for lifting your hands is a sign of drop everything. That's it. Drop everything. What, what stands out to you, Luke? In uh,
3: yeah, far out. That's uh, hard to follow. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's really profound. I guess when um, uh, when uh, Ch- Chad drop. <laughs> yeah yeah, I've just had surgery this week as well, so my mind's a bit foggy. But we'll we'll, we'll get there. That is. Yep. Um, so I guess when uh, Chad posed this scenario to me earlier this week. Uh, what it came back to me and, and and Ellie picked up on a lot of those elements uh, that this is about relationship and and reconnecting with God you know how, how things were intended to be how, how we were intended to walk with God uh, in the cool of the day in in Eden and it and as we're doing the Bible reading uh, plug plug um, the chronological thing Um there was the, the the first time I noticed. Come, let us was come, let us create mankind in our image, and God didn't need to make us. I'm I'm pretty sure he was he was pretty pretty happy on his own and and fully content. Um, but the the idea that uh, we were created out of the abundance of freedom and life that you know there was there was just no agenda other than. Uh, relationship and love, and I think uh, coming back to that and knowing that identity um, was uh, was I, I think that's f- for me where uh, where it starts. So a- again, coming to him, we can often come to church and think, "Oh, it's going to be you know hard to hard to worship. I have to put an effort in." But but really, what it is is it's it's this idea of um, surrender, dropping everything, uh, receiving. And from that, um, we start to receive our and uh, see our identity, who, who God sees us in him and, and he in us. And uh, we can really, uh, from that, and Rob picked up this morning, no matter how small it is, it's just, um, it's a sacrifice of praise. And, and it requires, it, it just requires our heart. Um, and there's one little quote that I really like, uh, it's not from the Bible, sorry, um, and it, it goes like this, it's, uh, we shall not cease from exploration, and at the end of all our exploring will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time.
2: Arrive where you started, which is knowing God. So, in your context, is yeah. God so knowing it's our you.
3: it's our origin. It's our it's it's uh, you know God is our source. We were created in, in His image. Yep. We were created to be creators, and and I think this is what uh, worship looks like. Is uh, you know, often if we think of a race, going back to the start is not necessarily a great thing because that means we have to start again. Uh, but in in a kingdom sense, uh, in, through spiritual eyes, we we see that. Uh, our origin is, is our destiny and it's our freedom. Um, it's everything that God has hoped for us. This, this psalm follows the
2: pattern of come, let us worship because this is who God is. He is great, he is awesome, blah, 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 blah. And then it goes on to say, come, let us worship for we are his people. And so, out of knowing his identity in that worship space, then we come to know who we are mm. and, and that cycle of relationships there. Yeah. Cool. Carol, let's go to you. What do you know? Oh, come on. Okay, <laughs> Dump, Yes.
1: Yeah, I guess um, for me it was looking at who is God and being aware of who we are. So um, when I come into a worship setting, sometimes I'm, I've am i had the stress of the week or stress of the morning sometimes. Um, different things have happened. But I think this, and this psalm um, brings us back to who is God. God is our creator. God's our maker. He's everything. And even just singing this morning when we are singing Yahweh again, I was just reminded again that um, I think you said once... Um, Yahweh is when he's he says it, it's a bit like a breath. It's like Yahweh. And and it just reminds me that when he created us, he put his breath in breath of life into us. And so all that we are, every every pore of our beings is because of him. And so worship is just out of that. It's it's expressing that and okay, we often I guess we call worship singing like worship as in music. Um, but it is, a, you know, every, everything we're doing, whether that's gardening, whether that's um, at our jobs or whatever, it's, it's living our whole beings, expressing our love for our creator. And I think it also, as I was just saying before about how sometimes we sort of come with different um, worries or concerns or whatever, it's about returning to remembering who is God, who are we in relation to that and... And just drawing our strength from him, and I think the one thing that stood out for me, which was interesting, because I was, you know, you read this passage about, you know, come, let us worship. Who are we, etc. And then we have this sort of section that where he's sort of almost um, disciplining them, I suppose, in a sense. He's he's saying um, today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts, etc. And but then at the and then he talks about there are people who've gone astray, etc. Um, but the, the verse that stood out to me was, they shall not enter my rest. And I was like, well, actually, that's what worship is about. For me, I find I, I come back to rest when I'm worshipping because I can go, oh, you know, all the, all the stress of life just d- drifts away. Okay.
2: Beautiful. The, I love the progression. It seems a bit disjointed, like half the psalms praise and then they have this little history lesson. But as I read it this week, it was like, let us worship, let us know who he is, let us know who we are. And then it says, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts um, and learn from history. And it's like, as we engage in worship, we hear his voice, we have softened hearts, and we have wisdom that we would not otherwise know. And so it's like when you focus on God, worship first, these things then come to you. So there is actually a natural progression there. I'll come back to you later and ask you about a moment where God spoke to you or ministered to you in worship, because that's one of the things that happens sometimes in worship, we're meeting with God. What do you notice in this... um, Dan?
4: I want to notice that everyone's used everything I was going to do. Yeah, I've decided to pick another psalm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, verse 6 and 7 were the ones that really stood out to me in particular because it's the, the heart issue, but also the later part of the psalm as well, which is also the heart issue, but in, in reverse. Like, you guys didn't follow me. You, didn't, you constantly turned from me. Your hearts weren't for me. So I made my oath in anger against you like you will not enter my rest yeah so he is our god and and like really stood out to me our god like it's a personal thing like he really he really takes being our god personally He he can't get any more personal than that and yeah it just really really stuck out to me if only we would listen to him what i got from this is worship i suppose not just from this psalm but just as a worshiper anyway um, worship creates the conduit between our heart and his it creates that connection that allows God to flow into our life um, that's not saying that he can't do what he wants anyway like he's God like if he needs to move in someone's life he'll move regardless of whether they acknowledge God or not but it's more that um, that relational side of things like i I give you that praise I give you that worship because of what you've done. This is how it starts. Wow, God, you've done this. That's amazing. i worship you for that. And God goes, "Well, that's nothing. Look at this. This is this is also what I've done for you. And it becomes that revelation. Um, and through that revelation, it just takes us into a deeper understanding of what he has done for us. Through that revelation, um, like I said, comes the understanding. It's like a, you have little light bulb moments and you, you have them in certain songs. In particular, there's songs that stand out for me. And... You know, you you kind of you kind of fluff through the song or whatever, like you're listening to it. But then there's there's something that just bang just pops out, and it's just like, wow, I never heard that before. I never never understood or comprehended what that that was saying before. And um and then that's when that I think it's that that conjure like it just kind of taps in, and it's just like gives you that revelation, like a little bit extra. Um, God revealing a little bit more of Him to you um, through that. Through that revelation brings breakthrough because it might be speaking directly to a, a situation or a circumstance in your life, which is usually how it goes for me with with worship. Um, if I'm if I'm going through something, or if I know there's someone that's close to me and they're they're battling something, there's there's something that's happened. I'll come in here during the week, and or if wherever I am, if I, if I can't get to my drums, you know, I'll just I'll sit in the car or wherever I am, and I've just got YouTube on or um, is it called Spotify and you know I'll just just play particular particular songs that will target this and and it just brings that breakthrough um I suppose it's like you were saying like you drop everything to to come to God um that bring that breakthrough brings freedom physically emotionally spiritually so physically examples Paul and Silas they just started praising God they're in prison they're praising God God just let them out of the prison well, their chains fell off, and they walked out. Um, no, no, they were going to work out. That was a different one, wasn't it? Where Paul Paul's led out by the angel. That's a different one. A different but one. there, there is Paul and Silas where they're in the prison and, and their chains fall off. Um, emotionally, so you, can't, you can't worship God with a heavy heart. It's not the right word, but you can't you can't worship God in a state of oppression. Like, they just, they won't, they don't mix, like... You won't stay there one for long. one the other. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. yeah it lifts. Um, and spiritually, like, your bondage breaks. And, yeah, freedom ultimately is relationship with God. Um, a lot of good stuff there. You said that you, you enjoy coming in and bashing the drums as,
2: a, as an expression of praise. One of the things I love about this psalm is the many different expressions. So it talks about singing, bowing. You know, we don't see much of that very often, you know. It talks about singing, music, shouting, um, yeah, bowing down, kneeling before him. Kind of read Psalms like this and go, when's the last time you actually knelt in worship? Okay, some of you grew up Catholic or grew up in a tradition where we were made to kneel every week. Maybe you don't do that now because that's a part. No, no, no. The scripture says kneel before him. When's it actually the last time you, you knelt? How do you guys, what, what's your favourite way of expressing worship?
0: I mean, obviously, I am in a fairly rare position where I get to be up here most weeks and to be able to lead you guys in worship, which um, for me is obviously a way that I can express my worship. Um, But in my everyday life, I usually do it in complete silence, which every now and then, you know, I'll listen to music and I'll... I'll like Dan said, something will jump out at you and you go, wow, I've never heard that song in that context before, or a line will jump out at you, that is um, as Alex would call it, a power phrase that's not even in the song, but just is God breathed at that moment Um, and that is what I hold on to, I I go from power phrase to power phrase basically in my everyday life and I hang on to it for that little season and then the next power phrase comes and that might be a word that God has said to me in complete silence sitting on the beach or in bed before I go to sleep. So it's a constant thing. Yeah. Mm.
3: Luke? Uh, yeah, I guess um, I'm not entirely sure where worship starts and where it ends. Um, so I think uh, for me, uh, during, the, during the week or, or, or here, some of my most powerful times of worship have actually been uh, just being ministered to from the, from the Spirit Worship is definitely intentional, like it shows us clearly and uh, and I guess the intentionality can come uh, before that occurs, uh, where we, where perhaps we 're not feeling like worshiping, but we, we do it anyway uh, and then and then something seems to shift, we seem to shift i guess from the flesh into the into the spirit and uh, and then, and then that ministering flows, and then of course that 's kind of a, a vicious cycle you know it 's just it, it, the weightiness of that um, becomes more of a heart thing, and then you just want to worship more. So, worship is a vicious cycle.
2: Yeah, there's a, I haven't heard that in a there's, a there's a takeaway, a takeaway for the day. Uh, Jake had mentioned before about how David encouraged himself in the Lord, and it doesn't specifically say David worshipped, but knowing who David was, we kind of probably can safely assume that. And God met him in that moment and encouraged him. Carol, can you? Is there? A, A quick story you can tell about a moment where God met you in worship that really meant something to you. Well,
1: it actually kind of goes with what Dan was talking about um, before. He was sharing about, um, yeah, how sometimes, you know, if you're in a place of grief or whatever, that um, worship is... You can't can't grieve... uh, Not can't grieve, but you were talking about how how if you've got a sort of heaviness, you can't really worship. So my story is interesting because um, my husband and I travel a lot being both working in schools. Um, this particular story, though, was many, many years ago. Um, we were on a long service leave trip and we were in an outback town called um, Broken Hill um, and we were meeting in a pub, at the back of a pub in a um, building this particular church met. And, um, and so we came in and, I mean, we didn't, we'd never been to this church before. It seemed fairly normal. We found ourselves a spot and um, joined in their worship time and it was quite unhurried and quite relaxed, and there was basically, I think, a guy on a keyboard singing. Maybe there was a guitarist, possibly a drummer. It was very, very, very paired back, fairly low-key, but um, and just very unhurried. And so we really, I, I really just soaked in that, and, um, and I really felt God brought me a number of different pictures during that time. And then the amazing thing, though, at the end of that was when we were talking to um, the, the worship team after they said, we're really sorry. They were quite apologetic because they said, um, we're not kind of our usual selves today because um, I think there was a lead worshipper whose child had just tragically been taken that week. And so they were in a sense of grief, but I was just amazed. I was like, wow, even in a sense of grief, God's presence can still just be so, so powerful. And in fact, possibly even more so because his presence was just there in a comforting kind of way and it was just amazing. Wow.
2: And how, how good was that for that community then to come together and, and, and worship? Just talk to me about uh, coll- uh, worshipping together. This whole thing is about come, let us. The psalm is a come, let us. It's an invitation, but it's not just an invitation for individuals. It's a collective invitation. Do you have anything to speak about experiences or, or your thing about coll- worshiping together as a group,
4: as a family, as a community? There's a couple of different elements with it. Um, there's, there's, you've got people who are... So you'll have new Christians in, within the mix amongst more mature Christians. And so in, in a way, that, the corporate worship is teaching the younger ones how, how to do This is what we do. This is why we do it. But also I think it's also the... You know, it's biblical as well. Like where two or more are gathered in my name, I'm there with you. So...
3: Uh, yeah, I, I think the corporate worship thing is something that's just uh, immensely encouraging, and um, I think uh, coming together as the body of Christ. I mean, we, we all we all carry a, a unique part of God's heart, uh, but it's only it's only when we're together. Um, you know, it's it's like when you um, disperse light, you get you know, you get six colours. Um, But then if you join those colours back together again, you get white light. And and I just like the idea that we we all carry this unique uh, part of God's heart and it's only together that we get to see the body of Christ. Yeah,
2: Yeah. cool.
0: This morning, for example, when we were worshipping, um, just to be able to hear the voices around you is just so encouraging. And I kept getting the verse, um, a chord of three strands is... Not easily broken. Um, and there is such strength in being together, wrapping ourselves around each other, supporting each other and having a, a common and corporate vision.
2: Yeah, yeah. and Good. And with your... I was just thinking before with Broken Hill and your travel, you guys, your family, have seen a whole bunch of churches and all the caravans here are, uh, probably would echo that. Um, liturgical, uh, big sort of crowd thing yeah what's uh, something to, speaking to that the yeah. different dynamics of corporate worship
1: yeah yeah um i guess we've visited a lot of different churches so sometimes i'll look up a place and feel yeah let's go to this place i remember one um one of our more recent times was um a particular place and craig kind of drove up and he said there's two cars honey and i'm like <laughs> ah, maybe we should go for plan b he's going nope we're here, we're going. and we, we pretty much doubled their numbers that day. and they, was, they were so blessed, and they actually um, were sharing lunch after and we'd packed ourselves this little picnic. so, so oh, well, we'll cut up our rolls and join it in. And <laughs> but it was really good actually, and it encouraged them as well. And, but then you know on the other scope, we've also visited really, really big churches too, and it's, it's great um, it's great just to see the family of God wherever you are, and to feel that sense of community yeah. in a place wherever you visit. It's great.
2: Yeah. And if you were... I'll finish with this. If, if in one sentence, think good news, you get a chocolate if you do it in one sentence. Um, <laughs> what is worship? Worship is... If you were to explain... if was there something you wanted your kids to know? Or a new believer, and you were just to say, look, this is what worship is all about. Yeah. Could you nutshell it?
1: Worship's about drawing near to the presence of God and allowing Him to minister to you. Uh,
4: worship is... Worship is the outward expression of the internal. Okay. Yeah.
3: Okay. Uh, I guess worship for me is, it's, it's, it's God's story um, since the, the beginning of creation to the end of time and and we get to be a part of that.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, mine is a psalm. Psalm... 55 verse 22 in the Passion Translation. So here is what I've learnt through it all. Leave all your cares and anxieties at the feet of the Lord and measureless grace will strengthen you. He will watch over his lovers, never letting them slip or be overthrown.
2: Beautiful. Well, what is, um, what is our role as a worship team?
0: Our role is, as a worship team is to, is to be up here, And to create a backdrop that does not distract but that would allow you guys the opportunity to relish his presence.
2: To not distract. Meaning you just help people, Christians to do what is the most natural and normal thing for them to do. And the most natural and normal thing for a believer to do, someone that's met God or knows what he's like, is to worship him. Surely. The, the most natural and normal thing to do is to praise him. The most natural and normal thing to want to do is to draw near to him.
1: I hope you've enjoyed today's message.
2: Remember to check us out at baysidechurch.org.au. And of course, if you're ever in the area, please pop in and say good day.